This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Welcome to our American Horror Story 1984 minisode. This week we are dissecting episode 2, Mr. Jingles. Each week we will be dissecting every episode of the slasher theme season of American Horror Story, going over the synopsis, the kill list, and our usual dissection. So this is the episode that debuted uh, 9-25-2019. If you tuned into our first minisode, you'll know that we're... They come out on Wednesdays, we are recording Thursdays, and they're going up on Fridays, so pretty quick turnaround, considering all things considered. Considering FX won't give me screeners. Yes. But I hear that's pretty standard for FX, so I don't take any offense to it. I know, my husband always makes comments since our regular podcast is um, bi-weekly, so we only do one, or bi-monthly, we only do two a month. He's always like, well... You know, you guys could get really big if you did it more often. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, Joe Rogan puts out one every day. And I'm like, yes, but it is literally Joe Rogan's job to sit down and just record a podcast every day. Please, somebody pay us to just record our podcast every day. We'd happily put one out daily. We would run, I mean, we would go through every slasher uh, pretty quick. I mean, there's a lot of slashers, so I think you could probably do, like, we'd be scrolling scraping the bottom of the barrel i've seen brennan's list and like i'm talking bottom of the barrel stuff by eh, probably two years in yeah um yeah we'd have to expand to like horror movies yeah. we're covering every horror movie <laughs> ever yeah but yeah if you want to pay us to do that that's cool yeah so for now we yeah. will give you weekly episodes of american horror story yeah um so this episode is mr jingles and it was directed by john j gray I do not enjoy that name. Sorry. It's just very hard to say. Yeah. And it sort of reminds me of John Wayne Gacy. Oh. Like there's something about it that sounds like phonetically similar. It's because Jay and Wayne. Yeah. has the A sound. Plus the G last name. It's just no good. Mm -hmm. Change your name. Dude. Anywho. Um... He was an assistant producer on a bunch of TV shows that we loved, like Angel, Firefly, and Dollhouse. Um, Looks like he's starting to work with um, Murphy and Falchuk a lot. He's doing 911 and then American Horror Story. And then, this is my favorite, he was an actor in one thing, and it was Chicken Guy Bodie in an episode of Angel in 2001. Awesome. Yeah, just... Very nice. At least I'll always have that. Yes. That one episode of that Angel. That one. And I hope he never acts in anything again. Why does he need to? He's directing for Ryan Murphy. Yeah. It seems like Ryan Mur- Murphy is one of those wheelhouse guys. Right. Like, once you're in his wheelhouse, you're set. Well, and even, I mean, obviously, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, that's all Joss Whedon. Oh, so yeah. So, obviously, he was... He's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. Yeah. He just... Must be good. He gets... Yeah. He gets in with people. Well, that's a genre thing too. Uh huh. Um, so the cast is. Do we? Do we have? Are we going over everyone? I mean, we. I'll go over it quickly because we yeah. get most of the same cast that we had last episode. Uh, Emma Roberts as Brooke Thompson, who is our final girl slash virgin trope, um, confirmed virgin in this episode. Billy Lord as Montana Duke, who is the trope, uh, the sex obsessed BFF trope. Leslie Grossman as Margaret Booth, who is our Jesus loving camp counselor. Cody Fern as Xavier Plimpton, um, who 
is not gay, quotes, like, really doesn't want, like, is saying he's not gay, but has started gay porn. Um, so, you know, um, that was kind of a trend in, like, the 80s was the, like, closeted homosexual or inferred homosexual. Yeah, that was one of the tropes, so. Yeah, and this is kind of he's confirmed ki- he's kind in there. Of, yeah, filling that role, but doing what we have suspected this show is going to do all the way along is taking those roles and sort of changing them yeah. and or like flipping them. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Morrison as Trevor Kirshner, who is our creepy sex counselor with the giant penis. Gus Kenworthy as Chet Clancy, who is the jock. Um, confirmed steroid, steroid user, user yep. after this episode. Uh, John Carroll Lynch as our killer, as one of our killers, Mr. Jingles. Um, Angelica Ross as Nurse Rita, who may be tied to Apocalypse. Uh, Zach Vila as Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, who is our true crime serial killer. Dayron Horton as Ray Powell, um, our trope of the token black character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orla Bra- Brady as Dr. Karen Hopple, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Lou Taylor Pucci as Hiker, or I believe he does get a name in this one. Jonas is his name, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His name is, he's given he the name named. Jonas. Um, and then Todd Stashwick as Blake. Stashwick. It's a name, man. Yeah. And if you're wondering where you've seen Todd Stashwick, <clears throat> It's in the Kim Possible live action movie as, um, what's his name? What's the villain's name? The main villain. Drago. Yeah. He's the villain? Yeah, he plays the live action version of Drago. Interesting. He's also in a few episodes of the MTV show Teen Wolf, which is oh, yes. I recognized him right. from. He is Malia's adopted yes. father in that show. He was one of those guys that came on screen and we were both like, hmm, we know him. Yeah. Why do we know him? And it was two very random reasons why we knew him. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's, like, in an episode of everything. So you'll probably be like, I kind of recognize him, but those were the two main things for sure. For us, at least. Um, so the killers, we obviously have Mr. Jingles. Um, we have the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, in this one. And then we also are... Um, we, we, are we get some bonus kills from yeah, some flashbacks we get some episode. flashbacks. So they do dive a little bit into the history, the true history of Richard Ramirez, which if you listened to the first episode, again, I warned you, do not look into the true history of Richard Ramirez because it's very disturbing. But it looks like they're going to do it for us. Um, so Oh, God, that's real, too? That's real, too. No! Yeah. Richard oh. Ramirez's cousin, um, oh. who was a uh, Vietnam vet, and when he came back, he had, like, photos of women that he sodomized in Vietnam. Um, and then he murdered his wife right in front of Richard Ramirez. Those, that's true. That's the true account. And then also, so fictionally, huh, um, we have Brooke's fiancé, uh, Joseph. Which we hope fictionally. Who yeah, knows? Jesus. Yeah, at this point. Um, who uh, pops in for a short kill spree of two and then himself. So three total. Yeah. Because we are given, um, this is a, is, we're starting to get an unspooling backstory on people. Mm-hmm. Um, like little hints are starting to drop because it seems our theory is correct of one night so far still. Yeah, so far. So that is what, um, it seems like it's going to happen is they're going to keep it one night. And so I can't remember if we said it on the episode or if we said it privately, but we were trying to figure out how they were going to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, either they're not, and it's going to switch at some point, um, or it's going to be a ton of flashbacks, which is yep. going to keep it rolling through. And I am think I'm still in in favor of the flashback scenario. I am too, and I think, when I think about it, one night, it's eight episodes? Ten. Ten? Ten hours. 
that's about right if they're up all night. That's mm-hmm. from sunset to sundown, or uh, sunset to sun up. So that makes about sense. I could see the last episode having the kids show up to camp or something. Um, so that makes sense to me. And then especially they have given us enough characters and smartly still introduced some side characters to take up time, but they've given us enough characters to dole out backstory like this episode i will say actually by the time it was over i was like holy crap it's already over like i thought it went by really fast yeah i agree like it really it kicked off and it kept going and then i think part of what happens if something's combined into a one night scenario like this is that you're naturally going to be left with cliffhangers or feeling like oh shit we just got into something which is how i felt like I felt like we were just, like, starting to get into these characters and mm-hmm. and figure out, get a little bit more, like, meaty juice to the story and, like, interesting things and twists that are starting to be hinted at. And then it was over, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, B got up to make popcorn, I remember, and I looked at my phone, and I was like, there's only eight minutes left uh-huh. in this episode, and I was like, okay, but that's fine. Um, the synopsis is, darkness descends upon the camp, although it's lights out, evil has no curfew. Um, so we pick up pretty much immediately where the last episode left mm-hmm. off. Um, we're introduced, we find out, um, you know, who called Xavier. We're introduced to basically, a, he's like a kind of a producer. He does, he, he, he makes gay porns and, um, you know, he's threatening Xavier. And at the same time, um, Brooke is down at the dock. This is after she's received that mysterious phone call. Um, uh, and then also... Doctor, we see Doctor Karen Hopple again, um, mm-hmm. driving out to the camp to discuss things with um, Mark Margaret um, to let her know that Mister Jingles is out. So all three of these like kind of kick off where the rest of the episode's going to go. We're kind of following those those three storylines are the main ones that we're following yeah. throughout the episode. So yeah, so uh, Doctor Karen Hopper gets to camp and tries to warn Margaret that you know. Mr. Jingles has escaped, and Margaret's like, "Nope, I'm not going to live in fear anymore." Yeah, like, she has a gun. Yeah, I'm. I'm strong. I'm a final girl, basically. Like, I'm gonna get through this. We are opening this camp. It is gonna be like a beacon of hope. And basically, tells the doctor to like fuck off. And she's like, "Okay." Um, so she leaves, and so as the doctor is driving away. She hits something, she gets a flat tire, and a truck just happens to pull up behind her, and we find out that it is, of course, Dr. Jingles. Mr. Jingles. Mr. Jingles. I'm doctor. Doctor. Yeah. I'm a doctor now. <laughs> Dr. Mr. Jingles. Dr. Mr. Jingles approaches the vehicle. Um, and I, I liked her. She has, so she's nervous. She doesn't realize it's him, but she's, she's nervous. She thinks it's like a tow truck guy coming to help her or something. She rolls up her window because she starts to get, like, um, like suspicious that this is a little bit weird because they're not saying anything, um, which was, like, a nice, like, suspense-building moment, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to the window, and um, she's like, oh, it's, you know, how lucky am I that you are here? And he's like, oh, it's not luck because you followed me here, which was great. And he like, pulls her out of the car. Yeah, B and I who are like, because there's a cue when she's on screen that kind of sounds like Halloween, and we're like, oh, maybe every time she shows up, we'll hear it. And then he murders her, and we're like, well, I guess that's that. There was Although, that. Although, we see she's in a flashback. Yeah, she's she's going to 
continued to appear, but we definitely picked up on the Carpenter-esque score notes, which was a really nice touch. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that they're... Oh, they're not afraid to just fully admit who they're homaging. Yeah. Which is fine, because that's what everyone expects from this. No, exactly, and I think that's what makes it more enjoyable for those of us who are, you know, big genre fans, especially like slasher fans it's really nice to see that oh yeah they know their audience like they i mean i just listened to um queer wolf attack of the queer wolf today and michael kennedy is one of the hosts and he even they were talking about american horror story and he even says right at the beginning he's like i haven't watched in six seasons and i'm gonna watch because it's slashers and it's like yeah because this is anyone same with you and i we've watched on and off for years but it's a slasher so we're they know what they're doing and they're smart about it so Mm -hmm. i definitely enjoy that um, so yeah, Hopper is killed, and then um, you know the the uh, Margaret comes and busts busts up the cabin because the boys and the girls are like intermingling, and she's you know comes in there to enforce her rules of you know boys go shower at night and they they need to leave, and then the girls have you know like they're going to bed because they shower in the morning, um, and we get the full backstory on Brooke um, because Montana says something to her and she's like. Uh, what is she? She says something about like, well, how how bad it can be, and she's like, I just didn't like, I didn't think it could get worse when the worst already happened. Right, because she was prompted by seeing a report of the gas station that they were at that the gas station the gas attendant station killed. attendant was killed, and she thinks it's the night stalker. Well, really, it was Mister Jingles, but she's like, he's coming after me, and which I think is going to be keep coming into play with her. She says. Nobody believes her that the Night Stalker is after her because they're like, oh, you see the Night Stalker, and then now it's this guy with the keys. Like, who is it? Who's coming after you? Like, they're all, like, playing it off. They don't believe her at this point. Um, And that's what she's telling Montana is, like, nobody believes me. And then, yeah, she goes into, like, the worst thing could ever happen to me, and then we go to her wedding. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Her dad's walking her down the aisle, and he hands her off to her fiancé, Joseph, and she explains that Joseph was always, like, kind of, like, had a very jealous streak, but she always thought it was romantic because it meant he loved her so much. And Joseph thinks that um, Brooke has cheated on him with his best friend, Sam. Um, when in fact Sam just spent the night with her the night before because Brooke doesn't like staying the night alone and she wanted to stay true to the tradition of not seeing her husband before the wedding. But um, Joseph does not believe her, so he pulls a gun out, is confronted by her father, or no, pulls a gun out, immediately shoots his best friend through the head, Mm -hmm. is confronted by her her father, who he also kills. Everyone else runs away. He grabs her um, and says that she doesn't deserve to wear white and shoots himself and splatters her in blood. And she is left laying there at the altar, covered in blood, with her uh, fiancé, father, and one of her best friends and her uh, ex-husband's, never-husband's best friend as well, all at her feet. Uh, it's brutal, and it uh, was uh, yeah, it was very shocking. Yeah, like, no, that was a true like. There is no part like. Oh, I thought the worst already happened. She got left at the altar. Yeah, right? B and Biotho were like, like, oh, left, left at, the at the altar. He's not. He can't do it. And then he gets the gun out, and I legitimately gasped. Was not expecting that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Holy, and then yeah, and it was brutal. And then I mean, it did it twice. I wasn't expecting him to just pull out the gun, and then. I was like, well, obviously she doesn't die. Something, like, what is he going to do? Is she going to grab the gun and kill him? No. No. He kills himself. Shocked. Yeah. It was it brutal. Was it was very brutal. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's... 
I mean, props to the writing team for managing to find things that still shock this audience uh-huh. because they're known for that. Um, but I think that it was something about like the setting and it was so subtle at first. And then even the buildup, you're like, oh, she's getting left. And then even more of the buildup, it's like, oh, okay. Like even when he pulls a gun, it's like, okay, he's going to try to kill her and he's going to die or something. But when he just immediately shoots his best friend in the head, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, and then Montana tries to make out with her because yeah. I love her. She's the best character. So apparently that's the solution. Yeah. She's a fantastic character. Um, the rest of the boys are showering. Well, not the rest of them. Ray and, um, I keep forgetting. Uh, Trevor are showering, and um, this is when Xavier's, like, found by Blake um, and pulled aside into a car, and he's basically, like, being blackmailed. And um, that's when we... He, uh, it's really gross. He calls him Daddy, which is a big no for me. I don't want to yuck your yum. If that's what you're into, super oh, for you. Wait, what the hell is that phrase you just said? I don't want to yuck, yuck your, your yum. yum. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> well, if, I'm just saying, if that's what you're into, cool. Mm-hmm. All you. But for me, I was not a fan. I am not a fan. And I was not a fan of him doing it, especially... Heads up to anybody who feels the need to call Ryan daddy. Yeah. Don't. Uh, Only zaddy. No. Oh my god, zaddy. But also, it was the way it was said, too, was gross. Like, for, the guy referred to himself as daddy. Well, right. And I was like, ew, I don't I'm like this. very proud of that. Yeah, so he's a he's a porn producer. He does gay porn. And he's trying to get Xavier to, like, go back into it. And th- I love this because he's like, this is not how the world works. But Xavier is just like, what if I can get you a bigger dick? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Yep. And then it, like, weirdly turns into porkies for half a minute because there's... <laughs> They're showering in the dark because Margaret cut all the lights out, so Trevor and Ray are just showering naked. Also, Matthew Morrison, what the fuck? When did you get super ripped? Yeah. Like, way... No, that's why I was, like, looking. I'm like, okay, all of them have nice bodies, but when did Matthew Morrison, who is playing... um, Trevor. Trevor. When did he get a good body? Because there was no sexual appeal to him on Glee, on my part, at all. As Mr. Shoe. As Mr. Shoe, like... No. If anything, that that entire character was just a huge, like, turnoff for me. <laughs> like, no thank you to any of it. And then they get to the shower scene, which, as a woman, watching a slasher movie, I never get the shower scenes, right? I just, it's always the women who are naked in the shower. And I was like, oh my god, am I getting one? Like, is this happening? Am I getting a shower scene? Yeah. It was great. Yeah, we get uh, lathering, had, we ugh. get butt outlines. Yeah, they're, you know, soap on the abs, so many abs. And not just abs, though, but, like, really nice pecs. And uh, mm. Yeah, just good good job, boys. I can appreciate a good peck. Yeah, two. nice bodies. Um, so Great but, scene. And then we see just, we like I said, straight porkies. There's a yeah, people. People, and there's an eye in it. And, and Blake is checking <laughs> out his uh, future, he's scouting. Yeah. He's checking out his future dick. And he literally says, that's no cock. That's an act of God. Yeah. Our podcast is explicit rated, right? I hope so. Yes. Um, when, before he is murdered uh, and all is driven through the back of his head out of his eyeball. Um, we don't see the killer. I think everyone assumes it's Mr. Jingles. Right. Um, but I think that's an assumption of ours. Right. Um, I guess it could be the Night Stalker, but he doesn't really seem to be... That's not his M.O. Yeah, no, his M.O. seems to be gutting people. Mm-hmm. Um, like that weird and knife thing he stalking has. Stalking Brooke. Yeah. And his M.O. is he wants Brooke, anybody who gets in his way. Where the M.O. of Mr. Jingles is like much more Jason-esque, where it's like, body, let me kill it. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so this is when we get Brooke on the dock. She sees a body, which I still don't know whose body that was in the pond. Mm-mm. I, we should have rerun and tried to see. It's like dark, so I can't really see. But she see, sees his body, gets up, and we're confirmed that the Night Stalker is indeed there, has has followed her there. He attacks her, and on and she's running away from him, and he gets pretty close, and then randomly out of nowhere, the hiker, Jonas, that we saw killed in the last episode, hanging from a door, runs into the path, like accidentally runs into him, essentially, and he said something that B and I both went, what was that? Because he goes, you're not supposed to be here. And then he goes, I'm not supposed to die. Yeah, he's like, I don't die here. I, I don't die here. That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. And I like looked at Ryan. I'm like, did you hear that? He yeah. said, I don't die here. So we both were like, time travel? Yeah. Which was one of the things we thought. Um, so that's our first hint. That's something weird is going on. Yeah. Um, and Richard Ramirez immediately guts the shit out of him yeah. and kills him real dead. Um, so... Yeah, that is like, uh, we. I have a feeling we're going to see Jonas die a lot. Mm-hmm. So this is the second time we see Jonas killed in this episode. But it is not the last time that we see Jonas killed in this episode. Because when Brooke goes to tell um, everyone that the Night Stalker is there now, um, he is once again confronted by Jonas. And he's like, wait, I thought I killed you already. And he kills him again. Yeah, right in the throat this time. Yeah. like Or no, the first time it's the throat. The second time he, like, guts his stomach. Yeah. Both times are real, like, no question, you are dead. Yeah, like, so absolutely. No um, so at this point... At this point, Jonas has died t- twice. We know Richard Ramirez is there. Um, everyone kind of conjoins. They find um, the body of Blake. Blake. Um, so this is our moment in our slasher where it's like, okay, everybody, it's no longer the, we're just aimlessly going around camp and none of us know what's going on and nobody knows there's a killer to... There's a killer here. Mm-hmm. We know it. And also, Rita has been attacked by Mr. Mm-hmm. Jingles at this point. So we did see her in her office at night, and she was attacked. Um, but, like, it, she shows up later. Um, so when everyone finds Blake, and so it's everyone except for Margaret, um, because Margaret is in her office just, like, not being worried about anything because she is, like, super-duper convinced that Jesus is got a plan for her and everything is okay uh but the rest of them do find blake um they decided to do what most you know teenagers in a horror slasher do which is get the fuck out of there right um i do love that they're like when xavier sees blake he's like we gotta call an the dude has an all through his head and he's like we gotta call an ambulance and ray goes that dude is dead we gotta call the police um and then they realize all the phone lines are dead so they um, no, yeah, yeah, I'm getting my things mixed up. Yes, and they realize all the phone lines. I watched Slash the Musical this week, mm. Tangent, um, which was created by Rebecca McKendry and Chelsea Stardust. Um, they posted it on Vimeo, and it's like a, it's like 30 minutes. It's like a 30, 40-minute musical, and it's it you know carries off all slasher tropes, and there's a part in that where they have to call the police, and they go, we can't call the police. What about all the weed? And for a second, I was like, wait, was that slash or was that this? No weed. Yeah, it was slash. Um, they run into the van. Van at first won't start, which is when we get our great moment of our athlete going, I can't die. I can't die with the guilty conscience. I did the steroids, and everyone at once goes, we know, um, which was pretty awesome. I did really enjoy that. Uh, they get the van to start, 
and then as soon as they're taking off, the nurse jumps in front of it, so they swerve out of the way and crash the van. Yeah. Um, the nurse confirms that Mr. Jingles is there, so Brick has now been confirmed twice. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they haven't seen the, the Night Stalker, but they... They, like, assume because Brooke says she was attacked by him. Yeah, at this point, though, it is not just, which we'll go into after this, it's not just Brooke who's seen the Night Stalker. For those people who think it's in her imagination, that hypothesis, Margaret has a full-on conversation with him, which is, like, a highlight of the episode. Yeah, so Rita confirms that Mr. Jingles is also there. They have to split into groups. I do, again, you talked about this last episode. They do things that are smart. Like, I do enjoy, they're like, let's split into bigger groups. No one should stay alone. So we're going to go with three, like, there's three and four or four and two or, I think it's three and four. Um, Because it's like, Trevor goes to get his motorcycle keys with um, Montana and Xavier. And then Rita, Ray, Brooke, Brooke, and, oh no, maybe that's it. Oh, and the, what's the, our, our Olympian. Chet, they all go to get Rita's keys for her. She drives a rabbit. Um, so, and then <laughs> Trevor drives a ninja, which when he goes, what's a ninja? Montana goes, badass motorcycle. Yeah. But they go to get the keys so they can get try to fit everyone on the two vehicles to leave. Um, so they're broken into groups, and uh, the group that goes to the nurse's office, they can't find the keys. Um, and then they hear Mr. Jingles. They shut the door. The door is pounding. And then... Um, the group that goes to get the ninja's keys, they do find those keys. Xavier admits to being in gay porn and that it's all his fault that Blake is dead. And then the Night Stalker shows up and starts pounding on that door. Um, and that's how the episode ends. But we do, before the Night Stalker goes to the camp, get this entire, very intense... Yeah, uh, scene with him and Margaret. So um, we find out... So Ramirez gets the ID of the hiker. Um, and it says 19, what does it say on 1970. 1970. Yeah. And so he's like, what the hell? Obviously it's 1984, not 1970. What's going on? And he's really pissed, like livid that this hiker like won't die. Mm-hmm. And so Margaret like finds Jonas and is like, oh my God, you're here. And he's like, oh my God, Margaret, like you look different. What's going on? And he kind of goes into like it was my fault i saw you in the cabin and i we see him trying to pick up the phone the phone doesn't work and then he runs he leaves margaret um and he feels you know really guilty of that in his real time he jumps he runs across the road and gets hit by a car and that's how he dies well it's mr jingles it's mr jingles but he doesn't die via the massacre he dies trying to well it is via the massacre but trying to escape yeah he's not part of the cabin massacre right. he's like mr jingles is leaving and happens to run into him while yeah. he's also leaving and now he's stuck in this rut and she even says like he would have been stuck on that path if, if they wouldn't have if they had picked, to pick him, up. him up so it's super weird because she like knows who he is because yes. she knew him in 1970 she recognized him as soon as they brought him but she yeah. didn't say anything she's like nonplussed by it like super unfazed then she also has this whole speech with Richard Ramirez about about God, like the, uh-huh. the idea of God. And, and um, yeah, and this this whole thing, which I think a lot of like non-Christians like will poke at and have issues with, where she's basically telling him to use God as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus has forgiven our sins. 
Um, and so if you sin, no worries. Like, that's okay because you can use God as an excuse. And she's basically like teaching, telling him that doesn't matter what you do, do bad things, use God. And he keeps going, Satan. And she's like, no, 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 not Satan, God. Like, they're saying the same message. She's just using God and he's using Satan. But they're literally talking about the exact same thing. Um, which is very fascinating. So more obviously, like, there's some very suspicious thing going on with Margaret. She knew about Jonas. Um, she is, like, weirdly encouraging. So then she does this whole, like, it kind of reminded me of in Freddy vs. Jason, mm-hmm. where... Um, Freddie brings once Jason to do killings for him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this felt like. So oh, Margaret's, I agree. Yes, Margaret's base saying, "Don't touch my counselors. Don't touch my campers. Mm-hmm. I need you to take care of Mister Jingles. Mm-hmm. Like they're off limits. Just kill Mister Jingles." And I was like, "This dude, I got hardcore Freddie versus yeah. Jason vibes too." I was yeah. like, "Oh, she's setting him up to yeah. do her killing. Her killing. Yeah, like what she wants done. That's totally what it felt like to me." Yeah, she has a line. She's she you know she uses like the intros like what you know what's great about God and then she says you can use them to explain why something happened but you can also use them to explain why you did something horrible. All you need to have the freedom to do what you want is two things: God and trauma. I'm like, fuck. That's a some people are going to have a real big problem with that yeah. line. Uh-huh. Um, and then I did... <laughs> no, this is... Then she tells him, I believe in baby Jesus, and I believe in you. Yeah. Amazing. It, yeah. No, she's great. She So good. Her character is uh, having ending up having a lot more depth than I initially thought, because mm-hmm. I really thought she was just going to be, like, kind of, like, like, you know, knocking on religion, like, kind of poking fun character for laughs yeah. and but she's going to be an integral part mm-hmm. of like whatever unfolds here and i guess that could have been well i don't know could have been a clue because she has been in other seasons of american horror story so she's a veteran on like some of the other people this season so it makes sense that they're wanting to use her plus the actress who plays her leslie grossman is a treasure yeah, I don't know her, but B knows her from all those shows that I didn't watch and B watched one season of before they got canceled. Oh my god. What I like about you was on for like 10 years. No, it was not. Yes, it was. That show with Amanda Bynes? Yeah, and Jenny Garth. It was on for a really long time. It was time. on for like maybe four. No. I bet money. What I like about you. How many seasons? We're, here looking, we're looking at live right there. Live. I hope it's like two. Oh no, it was four seasons. Four! Nailed it! I on know. the head. I'm really good. Um, Brooke is still essentially our final girl. She's following all the final girl tropes still, especially we did find out she is a virgin in this episode Mm -hmm. um, because she saved herself from marriage, which her husband, or soon-to-be husband who died, did not believe. Beyonce is the word you're looking for. There we go. (laughs) Um, I've just thrown all those words out of my head. Uh, (laughs) I don't believe in those words anymore. Useless to me. Um, Yeah, she's still our final girl. Uh, I think there's... Maybe a little less movie references in this one. If you guys caught something, let us know. We would love to, like, maybe there was something that you saw that we didn't. Um, yeah, as far as, like, heavy vibes, the only thing I really caught on to was the, like, Carpenter-esque score. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, like... Kind of Freddy versus Freddy Jason. Freddy vs. Jason story arc vibes. But as far as, like, True Blue, oh my god, that's a tribute. I didn't pick up on any... 
big ones this episode, so if you did, let us know. Um, but we got our standard tropes of the phones don't work, um, the flat tire, and then also the van doesn't start. And mm-hmm. I love that they did the van doesn't start, and then it does, but then they crash it anyways. Yeah. I thought that was really solid. Yeah, I'm loving, that's what I love about the more meta slashers, is because you get to take these tropes, and then if you do it well, you're playing with them, you're either still executing them, or you're bringing attention to why it's like funny or ironic that the phone doesn't work um instead of just doing it and so so far i really like how they're handling these tropes where they're doing some true blue that feel like they belong in the 80 slashers and then other ones like the splitting up thing was like no we're gonna do the smart thing um, I really like the combination of 80s and modern logic. The splitting up was great because they're like, okay, we'll go get the keys. You stay here. Like, literally saying one person stay here. And yeah. they're like, they go, no, why? Yeah. Let's stay in groups. And yeah. I was like, yes, thank you. Uh, B, favorite kill in the episode? Um, it's definitely going to have to be the whole wedding scene oh, because God. it freaking shocked me. It yeah. really did. I was not expecting it at all. Yeah, I will uh, piggyback that yeah. because it, it was, was just, so good. Yeah, it was. <sighs> Again, it takes a lot. When you watch so many slashers or so many horror movies, when you watch a lot of any one particular genre, whether it's like comedy, horror, whatever, you pick up on beats and so you get pretty good at predicting things. And so, again, B and I thought we knew what was happening. And once again, you know, Murphy and Falchuk proved that they still have, you know, some tricks up their sleeves. So uh, I definitely appre- I appreciate a good shock mm-hmm. in, a, in an episode. Um, we did mention two of our favorite quotes, which were, that's no cock, it's an act of God. And then, I believe in baby Jesus and I believe in you. Montana also gets a favorite quote from us this week, again, um, after... Brooke gives her entire story about the wedding. Montana says, a stranger once grabbed my boob outside Sam Goody, so I get it. Which, uh, yeah, I think she's my favorite character so far. Yeah, she's great. I love that she is also, like, she's a total badass. She's completely unfazed by everything that's happening. Like, she, like, seems like she's down to fight. And the whole, while this is all happening, she still just totally wants to bone down with Trevor. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. She's like, oh, swooning so hard. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Have there been reviews for this episode yet? Um, There has. It's getting better reviews in the first episode. So everything I've read just said, like, all right, this is going in a really good direction. So it's, like, still in the B-plus status um, from what I've read. Or, like, I think on Metacritic it has an 8.6, where the first one had, like, an 8.2. So really similar, but still people are really digging it and just said that um, from everything I saw it was just we like where it's going this was a really fun and interesting episode Mm -hmm. and then also a lot of the like seasoned hs fans were like okay but now we know there's like some they they started to hint at some weird stuff so we're we know we're getting ready for it yeah ready yeah especially and i do like so i was worried I'm, I am I hate to break any hearts out there. I'm not the biggest fan of sci-fi. I, it has to be really good for me to like it or, like, really interesting. And also because I, I think part of it is because I'm, I'm a horror fan first. So horror fan does this thing where it sets up rules a lot of the time. And so I'm, like, kind of a stickler for rules. It even drives me crazy in horror movies, like, if you establish rules. Like, I don't care if rules aren't established and weird things happen, because I'm like, well, whatever. But, like, I hate when movies establish rules and then break them. I'm like, well, why'd you establish the rules and break them? That's why I hate The Ring 2, the American version. Um, But, so when I was, 
I'm not the biggest fan of sci-fi, and um, time travel and time travel just bums me out a lot of the time. I, I think it's I'm a really, big really no hard. on time travel, almost like a hundred percent of the time. There's very few exceptions. There's like two for me, and it's Back to the Future and Happy Death Day. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And um, Looper's pretty good, but mm-hmm. um, so that's like about it. So when I was like. I was like, okay, if Jonas is going to be a time traveler, that makes me really worried. Because I also don't... I'm also not even a huge fan of, like, sci-fi horror. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. And, like, I like peanut butter and chocolate, but I don't like sci-fi and horror. Um, so I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do this. But now that he's just a ghost, and he's, like, on this Trapped. weird yeah. track, and I really like that they were able to, like, uproot him. I think that's really interesting. And, like, move him. I'm really excited to see what they... Yeah. Like, how they play with that. And also dig more into Margaret's backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get a small like tease for next week, which really um, looks like we're just going to get some more backstory, um, especially on Mr. Jingles. We definitely saw Hopper um, like in the backstory, or like a flashback for her. Um, yeah, it looks like, funny enough, this episode is called Mr. Jingles, but it seems like next week, at least for the preview, it's really going to be about him. Yeah, it's interesting. He actually wasn't in the episode very much. I don't know why this one was called Mr. Jingles. And it does really seem like everything is leading to a Mr. Jingles Night Stalker showdown. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, they aren't going to be able to drag out for ten episodes. So um, I'll be very interested to see where they go with that, too. But um, my prediction for next week is definitely... I bet we don't get that showdown yet, but we do get more backstory. I, I would bet on, unfortunately, Richard Ramirez, which is just a bummer because it's really depressing because it's real. And then Mr. Jingles, and then probably more of our... I would wager more of our characters we haven't seen yet. So maybe like Trevor or maybe the nurse. Um, right, because they we have yet to have any of our campers die, correct? Yeah, none of the campers have died. It's only been outside people. Yeah, and I, I really would bet that we're going to. I would, I would wager that with eight episodes left, and you can't kill that many people, and there's only so many side characters you can drag in, and they already killed one too with Blake and and Hopper. That like I wouldn't be surprised if the ne- if this episode like focuses like almost entirely on Jingle's backstory. Um, like I would I would think our kill count's gonna be lower. Yeah, and I w- so I would wager there's like a couple really flashback heavy because I think we're gonna spend a heavy amount back in 1970 at some point too. Oh, we we yeah, yeah. definitely mm-hmm. the whole origin of. Margaret and Jonas mm-hmm. and and more Mr. Jingles. Like, yeah, all that yes. for sure. Yeah, I definitely think we're gonna get a lot of that. But I don't know. I'm I'm thinking we're gonna one of our main characters is gonna get killed soon. Like one of our counselors. Yeah, I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised if it just happens. I could see it. Yeah, like even next week. Like I feel like end of next week or something. Yeah, like lead in four with that. Yeah. And then I'll be interested, too, to see if, like, I, w- I think it'd be fun to see if, like, that campground breeds ghosts. Like, maybe the camper comes back almost right. immediately. I don't know. American well, Horror yeah, because stuff's going to go crazy. Yeah. For sure. It yeah. has to. Yeah, it's American Horror We have story. no faith that this is going to be a true blue slasher. No, Because no. that's not possible. No, it's just not going to happen. Um, I Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that one of the counselors is going to die next week. Um... We'll see if it ends up being Ray. Um, you know, token black guy dies first. Yeah. 
We'll see. I hope not. Well, I mean, I mean, I, they'll make it funny and do something with it if yeah. it is. Again, they know And then what also, doing. yeah, we don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to get information on some of the other counselors or if they're, we're really just going to get information about Brooke and Margaret. Because they've... There are only final girl tropes, those two. And so, and so far, besides our killers, those are the only people we've gotten background on. And... I that makes sense to me. No, it does. So, so I, would, I think I don't think we're gonna get background on the other characters. I think we. I don't know because the whole Xavier thing was interesting. How they well, brought that yeah, into play because they had to, but they had to drag someone in. Like they needed right. body fodder essentially. Yeah. Um, I, and I I really think next week's episode is gonna be a lot on jingles. So if by episode four we don't get backstory on any of the supporting characters, it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we will be back. Next week, um, you'll be hearing this on Friday, so we'll be back in one week to talk about the next American Horror Story. Um, And we will also, if you're listening to this, um, our episode for Sorority Row, um, the 2009 version uh, remake of Sorority Row, will be up in three days on Monday, our normally scheduled podcasting time. So uh, until then, keep screaming.